Chapter 20, Building a Lean Team. When I get ready to speak in front of thousands of people, the first words that come out of my mouth are, I have a true confession. I don't like lean. I love lean. I say that because lean delivers so much joy to people's lives. The act of deliberately and consistently and continually improving every aspect of your life at home, work, and play brings joy to every person I've ever met who understands it and does it. One of the greatest things about Lean is the sense of community that accompanies the people who do it. Within the Lean community, there are no excuses, no victims. There are just people who want to make life better for themselves, their community, and the world. I have friends around the world who are supportive of me in every regard and would do anything for me, and all of them are involved with Lean. They are all people who love continuous improvement and the joy and collaboration that comes with it. In chapter one of this book, I told a story about Alex and Paloma, two friends and fellow lean practitioners. Now I'm going to end this book by talking about them once again. When we were together in Baden-Baden, Germany, visiting the Mercedes-Benz plant, the three of us had a conversation when I revealed to them that I wanted to learn to dance. It was something I had on my bucket list, but I was unsure how to go about it because I was so awkward and clunky. Side note, one of my favorite television programs of all times is Seinfeld's episode called Elaine Dancing. It's hilarious. Elaine suffers from the same problem I had. She just cannot move. When she tries to dance, she's very staccato, very undulated, and not smooth and rhythmical at all. I laughed so hard at this episode because it reminds me of me. Paloma looked at me. I'm a Zumba instructor. I think you should do the Zumba. Having seen the complicated Zumba moves before, I thought to myself, wow, that does not sound fun. I looked at Alex. Do you do Zumba? No. He replied in a stern German accent. Paloma rebuked him. Come on, Alex. You have a beautiful wife. She does Zumba. You got to learn how to do the Zumba. Well, I never really gave it much thought, he admitted. Not wanting to make excuses, I promised I would do it the following day. So the next morning I woke up, I opened my MacBook Pro and searched YouTube for beginning Zumba lessons. It was not long before I found a video that showed me the basic moves. Soon this awkward, clunky man who had never danced before in his life was actually starting to feel the moves. The next day when Alex and Paloma picked me up, I told them I did the Zumba. They did not believe me. I did. I insisted. I followed a video on the computer and had so much fun. Both were impressed I had been willing to try and it encouraged me to do it again. You can understand why continuous improvement is so addictive because when you surround yourself with people who are optimistic and who are steeped in positivity and want to help and encourage one another, it's unbelievable what can happen. So much has changed in my life over the last year. I love my health. I love my body. I even feel totally comfortable dancing. I would have never said any of that before. I'm appreciative and grateful that I finally figured out how to take care of my health at a high level. I'm appreciative that this new me inspires other people to reach for excellence and to break the mold of mediocrity. No one is successful on their own, and we need each other alongside of us. My life is richer, 
because I'm surrounded by an amazing team of lean people who understand the power of continuous improvement. If you have a group of friends and colleagues dedicated to the idea of improvement, it will push you to continually better yourself. I encourage you to build a lean team, embrace the idea of lean health, and get going on one of the most powerful journeys you will ever embark on. Speaking of journeys, I was on a recent study mission to Japan when the leader of our group and my good friend Norman Bodak asked the question, what is Japan all about, he said. Not one of us out of 30 could answer the question correctly. Finally, Norman revealed the answer with one word, quality. He told us that the Japanese learned quality from Edward Deming, a famous American researcher, engineer, author, and consultant. On the strength of this quality, Japan became a manufacturing powerhouse. Many of the best brands in the world, Sony, Panasonic, Canon, Nikon, Toyota, Honda, Mitsubishi, Komatsu, Kubota, are all Japanese companies famous for their quality. Quality speaks volumes. At the end of the day, the goal of Lean Health is to build quality into your life. The system helps you fall in love with high-quality foods and rejects low-quality foods. Combined with exercise, it will consistently bring you exceptional health throughout your entire life. To wrap things up, here is one of my favorite stories of all time. A good friend of mine from Germany has a manufacturing company in the United States. And about 15 years ago, he wanted to visit China to see the capacity of the factories there to gauge whether his products could be manufactured or sourced there. This was during what people referred to as the wild, wild west days of China. Today, China is one of the most technologically advanced and sophisticated places you'll ever go. But 15 years ago, it was pretty crazy. Figuratively speaking, it was like the early days of the American West. A spirit of opportunity filled the air, but the rules were fluid and always changing. So trying to do business there was survival of the fittest. If you wanted to be successful, you needed help from someone inside of China. So my friend set up a two-week trip through a Chinese liaison. When he arrived at the airport, his Chinese guide picked him up in what my friend describes as a stolen 300 SEL Mercedes. The guide could not speak English, so for two weeks they communicated only with gestures as they drove all over China to visit different manufacturing plants. While they were traveling, the two of them ate together frequently, visiting many types of restaurants. The entire trip, the small Chinese guy, about 100 pounds, dripping wet, kept taunting my large German friend, 6'2 and 210 pounds, goading him to eat some of the exotic foods that the Chinese people loved. Each time, my friend resisted. Towards the end of the trip, the two ended up in Beijing. They walked into a restaurant for dinner and the guide motioned towards some silkworms in one of the aquariums nearby. Restaurant entrances often have aquariums full of fish and other small animals from which you choose the specimen you want for dinner that night. He said to my friend, we get this. My friend was very hesitant but thought, man, I can't be rude the entire trip. So he reluctantly agreed to try them. After ordering the silkworms, they went back to their private dining room. When the food came, my friend picked up his chopsticks, grabbed one of the silkworms, and popped them into his mouth, swallowing hard to get it down. Later, he told me it was the most disgusting thing he'd ever tasted in his life. Then he looked over at his guide and said, okay, your turn now. His Chinese host looked back at him and in perfect English said, I don't eat that shit. 
That sentence pretty much sums up what this book is all about. Are you going to continue to eat the that has made you fat and sloppy? Or are you going to choose quality and have remarkable health? There is really only one choice. You are the one in the driver's seat of your Ferrari. You can make the intelligent decision to cut off the old destructive ways and enjoy exceptional health the way I did. My hope is that you will use what you have learned in this book to experience fantastic, life-giving health the rest of your days. Chapter 20, The One Thing. Exceptional health is all about quality.